0: Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take your business to the next level. What I try to do is I take kind of thought-provoking topics, things that I think are pretty relevant to your business, as well as bring on thought leaders and interesting experts on different subjects that will help you at least take... 30 or 40 minutes of your time to really think about and reflect on your business. Also, this podcast series is supported by some of the great organizations in the remodeling industry, including NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler, one of the leading professional remodeling magazines, as well as certainly my friends at Surefire, as well as my many other alliances out there. Today, I want to talk about a topic that, you know, I think is pretty relevant and pretty timely. And I work with and certainly guide and advise many, many different leaders in the remodeling industry, big and small companies. And one of the questions that I oftentimes ask them in the course of our conversations and relationship is, you know, what are you focusing on right now? What are your top priorities over the course of the next... 30, 60, 90 days. And what I oftentimes find is uh, while the question is extremely simple, and in some cases the answers are fairly quick, oftentimes they're a little bit misguided. They're not necessarily focusing on or the right priorities and really leads to, I think, a good discussion of what they should be. So as a certainly remodeling uh, expert and someone who touches a lot of different elements in the remodeling industry, including, you know, much of the data from Harvard University and Professional Remodeler magazine, as well as other sources, I've always kind of prided myself in being able to predict fairly accurately. And going into this year, I predicted the beginning of the pandemic. That, you know, we were probably looking at about three or four months before things would get back to normal. Then a couple months later, my predictions were more focused of a little bit more gloom and doom, and really imagining, you know, 20, 30% of the remodeling community not even making it through 2020. as we got a little bit further into the summer of 2020. You know, my predictions were really focused on just kind of reframing that this is, in fact, a little bit more of a longer race. Maybe it's a little bit more of a 10K race, but if you designed yourself to be able to get through it, quickly it became clear based on everything going on out there, not only the pandemic, but social unrest, as well as the political situation, that my conversation started to be more like, okay, this is a marathon. And in a marathon, you've got to train and approach and prepare yourself, not only physically, but mentally as well, if you're going to make it through. Then early part of the fall, I kind of focus was, you know, another way to think about what we're experiencing. It's a little bit like World War III. And in this case, the enemy may be a virus, but it is a very long thing. We may win certain battles as we're kind of plugging our way through all this, but we're not necessarily going to win the war unless we approach it with the right thinking and the right strategies. And, you know, much of that has to do with just getting through the next 12 weeks and the whole notion of reframing and thinking about a year being more of a 12-week cycle. So with all that being said, all these predictions, all these kind of metaphors and analogies I was using to try to make sense out of what's going on out there. Thankfully, I think there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I just hope that that light is in fact sunlight and not a train coming at us. But there is some light at the end of the tunnel here. And I do think it is more important than ever to really focus, even though we see the light There's a lot of uncertainty that exists, I think, in the short term. So with all that being said, that leads to, okay, what should you be focused on? What should you kind of think about as your priorities moving forward? And I certainly don't know your business specifically, and I don't think there's a cookie-cutter answer to that as it relates to an exact prescription. But what I do know is there are a few questions that you can ask yourself, that you can determine for yourself or your team can determine what they should be focused on. The first question is, what do I know? The second question is, what do I have? And the third question is, what can I control? So you think about those questions. So what do you know? Let's start on the flip side of this. What do you not know? Do you know, for example, the stock market's going to continue to be strong? I certainly don't know. Matter of fact, when this podcast comes out, it may have dropped off pretty dramatically. Do you know whether there'll be a lot more restrictions as it relates to COVID-19? Or, in fact, will they start to loosen up a bit as we kind of see, for example, the vaccine coming? I don't know, but I do think that's probably not necessarily going to be the case. How do you know about the consumer? Do you know the consumer will continue to call you? Are you going to continue to see the phone ringing? You don't really know that. What you do know, however, is your clients probably are one of your greater assets. Your team is certainly one of your greater assets. And the team and the clients are fearful. So you know that they're fearful. So your actions and your strategies have got to be focused On some of their health, their safety, and their fears. You do know that you need cash to be able to do this business. You know, I think many people out there have uh, this kind of notion that all of a sudden that, you know, this backlog, so to speak, will be just fine and it'll provide the fuel and the cash. Not necessarily the case. You do know you need cash to be in business, and therefore, the more cash that you can kind of Uh, create a little bit of a war chest. That's something that you should be focused on. You do know that you make your money on what you produce, not just the promises or the sales or the design agreements or whatever those things for the future. So I think the faster that you can produce things, even if the things you don't know would crop up and kick you, then that certainly is a positive thing. The bottom line on the first question is just ask yourself, what do I really know and what do I really not know? And if you can focus on the things that you know and make them an integral part of your strategies and thinking, the better you'll be. The second question is, what do I have? What do I have? A lead's an opportunity. It's not a real client. You know, design agreement is a commitment to explore ideas, but not a commitment for a project that you're actually going to be building. You know, uh, a team member, that's not a marriage. That's a relationship that you have. You don't know that team member's going to be sticking with you. What you have is real projects under construction. You have real clients that you need to deliver the expectations. What you have is design agreements that you can potentially not only see the economic benefit, but you can certainly move them along into construction in a faster, more profitable way. What you have is team members that will probably determine whether they stay with you or not based on your leadership and how you approach that relationship during this pandemic. It's more important than ever with those relationships that you really spend the time and the energy really nurturing those things, especially Even though it's more of a virtual relationship, I think that's going to be important. You do know that the work environment probably is going to be changing. So you need to have conversations and flexibility as it relates to that, because many of your team members moving forward, I think, are going to get used to the new habits, used to this newest normal that's out there and may, in fact, influence their decisions to continue and stay with you. The third question is, what can you control? You can't control the economy. You can't control the political outcomes. You can't control even what level of restrictions that the government or the governor is going to put on COVID-19. What you can control, however, is how people are obsessing over the news. Turn off the news. Don't be focused on getting caught up in all the media hype and all the bad news and all the misery out there. You can control the time that you spend on different kinds of activities. Are you really going back and putting the time and energy into your team member, into your clients, into opportunities for potentially uh, leads in the future? You can control what and when you communicate uh, updates to your team and certainly your clients in terms of what you can see out there. You can control some of your processes. If you have the diligence to control your sales process, follow that sales process. You can control whether you're the voice of reason or whether you want to be quiet about what's going on. You can control your time and your day and that proactiveness about uh, about your day is going to help you to be more successful. You can also control your projects and you can control making them as safe but also not keeping it a secret with your clients in the community that that's what you're doing. So in summary, we don't know exactly what you should be focused on specifically, but I would encourage focus on what you know, focus on what you have and focus on what you can control. The other elements are gonna be out there, but if you try to predict Too far into the future of what you think is at the end of the horizon here, the likelihood just based on history in 2020 and as we move into 2021 is that you'll probably be wrong. So I really encourage those that are out there to really focus more on the short term and not just on the long term. You know, fantasize about the long term, but don't necessarily get into too concrete plans and decisions because I think it will unfold, and I'm hoping in the next six to 12 months, we'll have a lot more clarity and be able to stretch those long-term muscles again. But I think for now, you've got to focus on what you can absolutely control, know, and have. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this segment of Remodeling Mastery. We have a great thought leader interview coming up. I think that'll give you even further insights to you know, focusing on some of the things and really knowing more about how to approach your business. Take care, everyone. Welcome back to A Mastery. I'm your host, Mark Richardson. And today, this portion uh, is a special interview with a good friend and certainly one of the uh, industry leaders, a little bit more on the kind of digital marketing side of the equation, Chris Morentis. And what we're going to be talking about is you know, how things are changing and adjusting, certainly in the uh, marketing space as a result of the pandemic, and also what that might look like in the future. So, Chris, welcome to Remodeling Mastery. And uh, uh, why don't we start with, uh, you know, who's Chris Morentis and a uh, little bit more your background and history uh, that, that might be relevant to the conversation?
1: yeah thanks Mark. thanks for inviting me to to be on this um, yeah you know i I come from a you know thirty year marketing um, background you know uh, starting in the advertising traditional agency business, some of the biggest accounts you know at that time in in New York and then um, went into digital. When uh, digital was first starting, I read about a little company called aOL and and it was down here in virginia and and uh, joined it and became a senior vice president and ran business development and was involved in sort of the definition of the first version of digital marketing and uh, you know and then after that uh, went to become a CEO of one of the first venture backed companies uh, called ad this. Uh, that eventually got sold to Oracle, but it was around, um, you know, uh, sharing of content. If you ever go on a, a website and yeah, it says, Hey, you know, share this or share this with somebody that that's that company. And then went to a geospatial intelligence company and, and, um, sort of put those things together around this, you know, what I call atomization of the internet, what, what happened with web two O you know uh, in, in enabling all these different dynamic platforms and and then realizing how uh, geography and geospatial identity of a business and their service area and signals around that were going to become so important, uh, and I really leaned into the whole local marketing space from a technology uh, sort of level and started you know sort of deeply thinking about how how can you make A business more authoritative than any other business in that market. And that was really the the beginning of my journey on on local marketing.
0: So given kind of this this path that you've been on, uh, you've obviously uh, seen uh, a lot of change. Uh, You've seen technologies kind of go from being somewhat optional to Central in businesses, especially as it relates to marketing, you know, as as we look at kind of the environment we're in right now, which is obviously with the pandemic, with a lot of whirling around out there. How have how's marketing uh, been affected uh, this year during this pandemic? Well. Certainly, you know, the, the
1: uh, trend, you know, toward consumers, households, you know, using digital, you yeah. know, to find and buy products and services accelerated greatly, you know. And, you know, you could sort of see that in an analog like shopping, online shopping, and you could see the success of not only the huge platforms like Amazon, you know, and Walmart, but also in, you know, sort of the the, the platforms that um really enable sort of smaller, you know, retail shops like, you know, Shopify and big commerce have had, you know, sort of record-breaking years because all those companies had to Really shift very quickly to driving most of their business online. You know, restaurants, same thing with Grubhub and you know, Uber Eats and and all those other things. And I think you know the um, the uh, services, professional services, you know, um, local business space has been going through that same transformation and an acceleration, you know, into digital. Uh, where uh, they've had to, you know, become more, much more digital savvy, you know, in digitizing their marketing efforts, you know, the same way, and there's tools, you know, and adopting those tools in the same way.
0: So, what, what maybe can you give us a couple of examples, uh, or even one good example of, you know, say what a company was doing, say two, three years ago. Uh, in terms of the home improvement or the remodeling space versus kind of what they're doing now or what they're doing differently now uh, in terms of, you know, overall marketing, consumer touch points, lead generation efforts. You know, do you have any examples, Chris, or stories that might make it a little bit more, you know, relevant and down to earth for our listeners?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. You know, you know, probably you know maybe maybe two or three years ago, or three or four years ago. But even for some, you know, you know business owners who are not really focused on marketing, really, that those times, the you know the the complete focus was on the website, you know, and you know, and then if they were sort of wanting to get you know sort of more more customers, you know, you know maybe Google paid paid advertising, you know, but it was, you know, um, a little bit less complex, you know, reviews were starting to come on on the scene, but, you know, uh, it was almost like uh, something that I know a lot of business owners felt like they tried to avoid as long as possible, having to sort of create the process and systems, you know, to do that. And, and it was really more about a defensive game. You know, I know a lot of the, the questions I'd get when I was giving, talks to groups like, you know, contractors and such were really more around, how do I stop bad reviews as opposed to how do I think about, you know, managing my business, you know, uh, you know, reputation, you know, it, it, you know today, you know, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the different, you know, channels and different ways customers interact with a business is proliferated, you know, even more than it was back then, you know, people keep on thinking that Google is sort of the be all and end all, and it definitely dominates search. But, you know, what they don't realize is it's not only your website that shows up there, but it's, you know, Google, my business reviews or Yelp reviews or, you know, uh, you know, home advisor reviews, you know, uh, you know, they, they, they also sort of sometimes forget in their consciousness the impact of other digital vehicles like email marketing, you know, um, to, you know, build their business. And, and they don't think about it as a total strategy with all the different vehicles that they could, they could use. And I think today the opportunity, uh, to really, you know, um, you know, uh, to really take a broader view, of an online, you know, presence and how customers interact with your business. And, and really what's, what's great about sort of the digital sort of world is that, you know, you really, you know, probably want to try everything in, in a little way and see what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, marketing's pretty simple, especially in digital with, if you have all the data coming in and it's all, you know, sort of in in a way that you could understand it and, and act on it, you know, you sort of double down on things that are working and pull back on things that aren't, doesn't mean you won't try it again in a different way. But, you know, you know, in a lot of ways, marketing has become simpler, if, you know, you have the right view of everything and, and can manage all those things
0: that way. Yeah, you know, as you're describing it, Chris, I think back to <clears throat> even 20, 30 years ago and, you know, having conversations with, you know, what's a typical day and kind of the life of a marketer or even the life of a leader or CEO, like many people listening to this podcast. And, uh, you know, you might get out to networking groups, fine, that, check that off. And I might, you know, once a month be meeting with my marketing agency and making those kind of broader decisions there, you know, but now it's almost like, uh, you know, it's like flying a, uh, you know, a a jet plane or something. And, you know, you go through a checklist and you're looking at all your instruments of, to your point, all the different things that are happening in the touch points and the pulse of what's happening out there and then making your decisions. So, you know, in many ways, You know, just like you were talking about, you know, shopping online is a different experience. It's something you do at the comfort of your home at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, Your marketing relationship or kind of watching and controlling that is also probably quite different today for most, you know, leaders or most head of marketing, even for, you know, organizations. Any comments or feedback on that? Definitely. You know, um, you know, I think more
1: local marketing folks need to today be equally savvy in technology as they are in marketing principles. You know, and that's the big if you sort of read all the marketing blogs and, and what's going on, you know, the the marketing function has become as much around maximizing the use of technology as it is around, you know, the, you know, the message and, the, you know, the right messages. And I mean, those are still you know, very important. But, you know, you know uh, if you're not able to leverage technology today, you're going to be at a disadvantage as a business. Excellent.
0: So um, let's talk about that, the tools. I know you've been putting your heart and soul as surefire in over the years of developing some tools that, you know, really are there to assist that owner or CEO uh, to be able to kind of understand and make the right digital marketing decisions, whether they're, you know, social media related, uh, related to different kinds of searches that are going on. Certainly the website activities, as well as certainly the, uh, uh, you know, just the other touch points that you have. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the Surefire as a tool that potentially could help, you know, help remodelers make better decisions. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a great question. You know, the challenge, you know, in today's environment, kind of like what we were talking about, is that the proliferation of you know channels and applications and tools you know seems to you know continue to accelerate you know i mean you know google in the last year and a half comes out with you know local service ads that are it's a pay per lead model you know and that now you know you have to evaluate versus google you know search ads or google you know, display ads, and then you've got Facebook ads, and then, and then you've got, like, how much money you're spending in organic. And, you know, you might pay a link builder to build links for you. Is that really working out? So, you know, there's, there's the proliferation of products and channels, and then all the data, you know, right. that, that, that comes with those to see if they're, they're working or not. And, you know, you know, sort of the you know, the, uh, the tough part of all that is it can be overwhelming to look at, you know, all the data and all the channels and try to, you know, understand, you know, what do I focus on this next month? Where, where's, where, where's the leverage for my business? I can't do everything. I can only do a couple of things. And how do I just simplify you know, that decision making so it's not quite so overwhelming? And. You know, sort of the biggest advancement, you know, that we see, you know, now, we, you know, we're doing it, and others do it too, but it's around taking all that, you know, what's called structured data, and then, you know, creating, you know, powerful insights with machine learning and AI on that structured data, where machines could help look at that and then actually infer for you where you could get the best use of your time and money with all these different channels. And you know, that's, you know, that's where you could really leverage technology to not only make it easier you know, to access and strengthen and look at what's going on across all these places, but also start to give you some powerful you know, insights so that you really understand you know, what's going on with your business and where
0: to spend your time you know over the next you know month or two to get the most out of your activities well and what's interesting chris being a remodeling guy and not a technology guy i i always try to translate and think of things in terms of you know analogies or metaphors and the one that oftentimes comes to my mind on this topic is you know the complexity of you know a car for example And, you know, can you imagine, for example, driving a car is certainly some people have with some of the electronics that all of a sudden some of the instruments don't work. That, you know, if all of a sudden you can't see the speed you're going through a speedometer or you can't tell, for example, of whether you have enough fuel or you can't tell, for example, whether the car is the right temperature overheating. And the reality is that information is there uh, in, when it comes to a marketing effort. And I think so much of what you guys have been able to create are kind of like that dashboard, but, but just as importantly as, you know, giving you that information, it's also helping you kind of reduce your stress a little bit. Uh, it's helping, you know, for example, focus on the other parts of the business that, you know, you really can, and not necessarily, you know, just on, for example, wondering, and, and hoping that certain things are, 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 are working. So Chris, let's just shift gears for a moment here and uh, let's talk about the future. I mean, you brought up at the beginning, I thought something that's so important, and that is, and I've heard this from others, that we've seen in the last you know 10 months, a level of change that probably in many cases is a decade of change in one year. What are we looking, what does your crystal ball say as we look to the future in terms of, you know, digital marketing and tools and those kind of things? What, what do you think are some of those, you know, important things to be uh, on the lookout for important things to be at least aware of? Yeah. Well, kind of sticking with that car analogy, that,
1: that's really good, you know, sort of, you know, you kind of think about your favorite car, the, the Tesla, right, you know, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the instrumentation and things of a Mercedes or a Honda or whatever. They get you there. But, you know, Tesla brings it to a whole new level where, with um, leveraging artificial intelligence, it actually helps recommend or make decisions for you. So it takes some of the worry and anxiety out of, you know, finding where the you know, next battery thing, you know, powering is going to be or where, whatever, you know, sort of using that example. And I think that's where, you know, all this is, is, you know, going next in marketing. And you could just see, you know, you see it at the enterprise level, you know, probably happened in the last, you know, two three years, you know, with, you know, big platforms like Adobe and, you know, and others where they create these big, you know, sort of, you know, very expensive, you know, marketing you know, analytics platforms that do a lot of, a lot of cool things, but it's really been out of, um, out of, uh, you know, sort of uh, the reach of an average local business owner. And now those tools, you know, sort of using that same example of the Shopify and big commerce and Amazon, you know, that, you know, the equivalent of the Shopify and big commerce is now coming to professional services companies where they could get as sophisticated, have that same kind of power, um, you know, and uh, but in a much sim- simpler, lower cost format. And I think that's where this is you know, going for that that particular group of people.
0: Excellent. Well, I want to thank Chris Morentis. He's the CEO of Surefire Local. Surefire Local, of course, has been a huge supporter of Remodeling Mastery uh, podcast, and and I would encourage you know as you're sorting this out for yourself you know there's not there's no reason for you to be frustrated and not knowing what's going on when those tools exist and uh, so i'd encourage you to reach out to them and again i want to thank also professional remodeler as well as the national association of remodeling industry so for supporting this podcast series as well take care everyone thank you for listening to your modeling mastery by mark g richardson Produced by for Our Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.